Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. If you've got a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 4. Give me a little more here, guys. My uh, voice is... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I have the one next? The other one? Hallelujah. 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 I went to the uh, football game yesterday at FAU. FAU won the conference championship. I was pretty happy about that. There was a man about 10 rows behind Corey and I screaming so loud he was making this Pentecostal preacher jealous. I was like, good Lord, I need to be discipled by this guy. Just whacking me on the head with that thing. I was like, go ahead, man. Teach me your ways. <clears throat> Did I tell you to turn to Luke chapter 4? Okay, good. <clears throat> it's going to be a little different today. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 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 I have one goal today. That is to get the Holy Ghost to displace the enemy in your life. I think it's a good goal. My goal is not understanding. If you are unable to read the Bible on your own, I will show you how to. My mother-in-law teaches English and reading and GED studies. Did it as a career. That is not my goal today. My goal today is just bring Jesus in and set you free. Is that, can we do that? Can we just do that today in church? If you remember Jesus, central figure of the New Testament, Jesus was a, wow, I feel the anointing of God so good. Even the child feels it. That's good. I like getting an amen from the kids. Jesus was baptized, right? And he was taken away into the, wow, ha, taken away, ha. He's taken away into the desert where he was tempted. Then he came out of the desert in the power of the Spirit, the Word says. Ha. Hallelujah. And he returned to Galilee, which the region he was from, in the power of the Spirit, the Bible says. And he was ministering in the power of the Spirit. And then, um, and then he showed up in Nazareth. Now, if you remember, he, they called him Jesus of Nazareth. He wasn't born there, but that's where he grew up. That's where people knew him the best. And uh, he went there and began preaching what his call was. <clears throat> and that's where he got the most drama, right? And folk who be knowing him, right? You know what I'm talking about? People who are a little too familiar with who Jesus, the man Jesus was. They weren't familiar enough with Jesus, the Messiah. They saw him as Jesus, the man. And so it had a heart, mm, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How you feeling today? Feeling good? Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah, stand for me if you would. I feel like I feel the Lord doing something. You probably don't want me to tell you to stand. You probably just want to be anonymous over there. Yeah. You're good? All right, well then just stand. And so, no, just stay there. You feel that? I just see a river. Yeah. Zoe, stand behind me. <laughs> behind her. You're helping me minister. Yeah. 
You know, sometimes where a river is supposed to go, if the water doesn't flow for a long time, all kind of rocks get caught up in there. And so you can try to move all those boulders, but when the river comes, it all gets moved. Well, you could work your whole life to do the river could do in an instant. And so here comes the river. Here comes the river. You ready? In the name of Jesus. Blow on her, Lillian. Yeah, right there. Close your eyes. Ready? ready? On the count of three. One. No, the front of her. Got to go through her. She's like, I'm trying to drink my tea here. Ready? Count of three. One. Everybody ready? One, two, three. Fire in the name of the river of God. The river of God. Just take it. Just take it. Take it, 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 take it. Put your hand on her head, Lillian. Put your hand on her head. On her head. On it. There you go. Fire of God. Take it. Take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Let's declare freedom in your life in the name of Jesus. In the name, in the name of Jesus. Just take it. Stop fighting it. Just take it. Just take it. Just take it. Just take it. I'm sorry, everybody. I just got it. This is not starting to irritate me now. Ready? In the name of Jesus. Broken in your life right now. Fire right there. There you go. There you go. Take a deep breath. Say, Jesus. There you go. Take that. Don't sit down. Just sit in that. Amen. Amen. Sorry, I had to do that. So we find ourselves in Luke chapter 4. Luke, in Luke chapter 4. And so Jesus walks into the temple where they knew him as the man Jesus. Are you with me today? They knew him as the man Jesus. And Jesus, um, wow. I'm not going to get distracted. The man Jesus opens the scrolls. Be a good day, Christopher. It's gonna be a good day. We might even get free. <laughs> I'm down. Hallelujah. Opens a scroll and he begins reading in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to. Ah. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Wow. He has sent me to proclaim re release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. He then closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Beginning a new message series today, it's going to be three weeks, this week, next week, and Christmas. It's going to talk about what happens when Jesus comes. Amen. When Jesus comes. Wow. And as we look at the Bible, when Jesus comes, we see deliverance, healing, and salvation. This is what happens when Jesus comes. I want to be where Jesus is, Lillian. I want to be where Jesus is. <clears throat> ah. There is not a lack of understanding of Jesus in the church. There really isn't. What there is is an over-familiarization with Jesus. Now, we long at Revival Life Church, we long to live in fellowship with Jesus by His Spirit. We long to just live in a place where He is present where there's no separation between him and us, where we just live in fellowship. I mean, we even named the church Revival Life, like a life of revival. We don't believe that revival is an, an event. It's a way of life, amen? It's living with the reality that Jesus Christ has broken the curse and the Spirit has been released on all mankind. And whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can you say amen? It's a reality of living in that, in the present. But there's, but there, yeah, see, that's good. Come on. Amen. No, that's all right. I'm good. Insta stories. I'm down. I'm down. Send it out there. 
But we can become too familiar with the story, and then the story loses its power. And I have been looking. I've been looking at my life. I've been looking at our church. I've been looking at the people that I love, and I've just seen way too much warfare. I've seen too much that doesn't reflect the kingdom. I've seen too much depression, too much anxiety. I've just seen too many struggles, and I'm like, man, I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but after a while, I'm like, wait a minute. This doesn't look like the kingdom of God to me. There might be something else at work here. Have you ever felt like you're doing everything right, yet you're still not standing in the promise? Maybe it's not your fault. Is it possible that Jesus actually did everything that needs to be done, but the enemy is at war with you? John 10.10, Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, I want you to look at the words in this thing. It says, I came that they may have may have life. And we, as, as, as charismatic believers, we are so focused on the promise of life and more abundantly that we forget the first half of that scripture that says the devil has come to steal from us. We focus on the one as some sort of confession and we ignore the other half of why we need that. We need it because the devil is still at work. Jesus has not stopped working and neither has the enemy. And we sometimes are completely ignorant of this fact. We completely miss it. We miss that the cycle that we're stuck in is not actually us, it's the enemy. Because we get too familiar with our own struggle. We get so familiar with our own issues that we start thinking that they're inherent to living life. We start thinking that it's just going to come. Jesus said there will always be trouble, so that must be what this is. Maybe I just need to work harder. Maybe I just need to confess more. Maybe, 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 maybe actually there is someone who carried the cross and it wasn't you. See, we get too familiar with our own dysfunction, and we need to step back and defamiliarize ourselves with, we need to quit accepting the warfare that's happening in our life as normal. Does that make sense to you? I want to give you an example of this in the normal, and, and excuse me, in the, in the natural. I shared this with our leaders, and I want to share it with you really quickly as an example. Here's a painting that I'm sure you have seen before, The Last Supper. Yes, you've seen this. Yes. We all know, well, no, not that one. First one. There you go. The Last Supper. Here's a painting, and we've all seen this. And this painting, uh, we, we kind of make uh, fun of it, right? Like the first selfie. Right, everybody's on one side of the table, right? The first, and everybody's like, it's kind of funny that they got Jesus on one side of it. It's, no, no, just stay there. Just leave it there, Swana. There you go. So there's this, everybody's on one side of the table, like it's a, it's a selfie, and, uh, and it looks all vibrant. And uh, we just get so familiar with this, and we try to start arguing about, well, maybe that's a woman, or maybe it's Da Vinci in there, and no, it's just, it's not that complicated, right? We know that this was painted in the 1400s, and, and many of you probably know this. It's not an actual painting. It's a mural, right? And it was painted on the wall. Now, Sawana. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Focus. Let's focus. So it was painted by, uh, it was, it was um, painted in the 1400s by uh, Leonardo da Vinci. And uh, where it was painted, it was um, commissioned by the Duke of Milan, and it was in a convent. And this convent, this is the room uh, that they used to eat in. Now, I don't know if you've been to a wedding. I've been to a few weddings as part of my life. My children know all the wedding dances. They knew them all by 11 because we go to weddings. <clears throat> so if you go to a wedding, you know the bride and groom, if they're sitting at a table alone, it's called a sweetheart table. Now, often in a more formal wedding, there'll be a very large table, follow me here, where the bride and groom and their entire wedding partier sat, and that's called the head table. So if we look at it like, hmm, here's a room that the nuns ate in every meal, and there was all the tables where they ate, and at the head table is the bridegroom with the bride, seated at the head of the wedding feast that we all get to join him in 
every week. So instead of this being a silly painting where everybody's sitting on one side of the table, maybe we need to defamiliarize ourselves with it to see the greater prophetic picture that was being painted on the wall of this eating room so they could, be, they could see Jesus every single meal as the bride and bridegroom seated at the head and we're invited to his wedding feast. Not as silly a painting when you look at it that way, right? Not as silly a painting. But here's what happens in our lives. We get so familiar with our dysfunction that we don't see it through God's eyes anymore. Like maybe I don't actually have to live with this addiction. Maybe I don't actually have to live with this dysfunction. Maybe, maybe this anxiety actually can get delivered one day. I'm all for um, learning techniques. I'm, I'm for um, healthy, well, mostly for healthy eating. I'm not for unhealthy eating. I'll say that. I'm not for unhealthy eating. I just have a debate about what that looks like. I hope some of you fellows are with me here. Thank you. I'm for learning how to control your temper. I'm for learning how to quit being depressed. I'm for learning how to not be a jerk, right? I'm for that. I'm for marriage counseling. I am for it. I don't want to do it, but I'm for it. I mean, as a husband, I've done lots of it, but as a pastor, I'm not as excited about it. Is that wrong, honey? Is that wrong for me to say that out loud? Should I take that back? Okay, I already said that. Can I tell you what most marriage counseling looks like? Hey, husband, quit being a jerk. Hey, wife, quit being a jerk. Let's go on with our lives now. That's what most marriage counseling looks like. That's okay. Selfish doesn't get you in the blessing. That's it right there. Free counseling right there. Amen, let's stand. Father, no. <laughs> but we get so familiar with our lives, we don't watch this, we don't notice the blessings. We see where we want to wind up. Maybe, maybe it was always your dream to have a business and you started one, and it's just doing good, not amazing. And we can forget that, like, man, I always wanted a business, and I have one. And now I'm mad that it's not a multinational billion-dollar corporation. Or maybe you were lonely and God finally brought you a spouse. And you're mad your marriage doesn't look like someone else. Instead of saying, man, I'm not alone anymore. I actually get to live with someone. Now I've got to work this thing out, but I'm not alone. Or maybe you wanted children and you, God blessed the, the womb. And now you're just complaining that they don't look like someone else's. Or you got the struggle or the finances. Or maybe your finances are where you want them to be, but they're better than they were 10 years ago. Where were you 10 years ago? And we get so familiar with the promise, we get so familiar with Jesus that we forget like, man, you've actually blessed my life. You've actually blessed my life. You're actually a good God. I might be crazy, but I'm not as crazy. <laughs> I might feel crazier, but I'm not as crazy. I'm just more aware. the same point we, we get over familiar with our own issues and we don't recognize you know actually this sin is a problem I remember when this used to really bother me and now I just live with it as if Jesus is now living with it and I don't say that as condemnation I say that as men we need to be aware of what's going on in our lives we need to look at it through fresh perspective like I remember when I was convicted about complaining and now I just complain all the time or right I remember when you like used to used to fast to break depression. Now you just kind of live with it, or anxiety, or cycles of sin, maybe patterns of sin that you can't break, and just the conviction isn't there, so you're not as bothered by it anymore. And I feel like we need to defamiliarize ourselves with what's going on in our lives and start looking at it with fresh kingdom eyes. That's the word I have for 2020. We're going to be talking about this a lot in the next year about seeing things through kingdom eyes. What would it look like? I mean, like, your finances are good. What would it look like if you had a kingdom view of your finances? 
There's no lack of money in Boca. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? There's no lack of money here. Has anybody seen that? And instead of looking at it with jealousy or looking at it with covetous eyes, what would it, I mean, it wouldn't take anything. I mean, it would, okay, this isn't even what I want to talk about, but it's for somebody. What would it look like if you just got one extra person's salary so that you could funnel this into missions? How hard would that be for God? What if, like, you're just making enough to get by? What if you made enough for three people to get by and one of those salaries went overseas? Does it bother you that that's not a vision? Does it bother us that prosperity is not for kingdom purposes, but just so we don't feel bad anymore about being broke? Does this make sense? I'm definitely not trying to minister condemnation at all. That is not my, I'm just saying, what, what if we looked at these things from a kingdom perspective? And, and, and why doesn't it bother us that we don't? <clears throat> we got to ask the question, in our lives, how did I get here? How did I get here? How did I get into not being able to break this curse on my finances? How did I get to a place where I can't stop this sin? How did I get to a place where I'm not coming into my promise? How did I get to a place where I've accepted being beneath and not above? And here is the conclusion I want you to draw today. It's the devil. We talk a lot about taking ownership of our lives. We talk a lot at Revival Life Church about being an overcomer. We talk, a, we talk a lot about going to therapy. We talk a lot about getting counseling. We talk a lot about fasting and praying and praying to the Holy Ghost and worship. But at some point, we've got to say, maybe it's the devil. I, I can't meet with people who blame everything on the devil. It's not all his fault, but some of it is. Some of it is his fault. Now, I know sickness didn't come from you. It comes from the pit of hell. I know oppression doesn't come from you. It comes from the pit of hell. And I'm teaching all this not to give you a teaching. I'm really trying to set you up in faith to get freedom today. That's the goal, Lillian. How you feeling? Feeling good? Did it feel like it was rushing over you? She's stealing half of it right now. I would lean in. I would lean in. You ever feel like you're trying to get ahead, but you never seem to get there? You can't break affliction, stagnation, failure. You've been bound in habits or desires that don't glorify God. Could it be the devil? Could it be the enemy? Is it possible that we may need to actually fight back a little bit? Watch this. The spirit of the Lord, Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's pointing to the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set free those who are oppressed. Go back one if you would. Go back one. Thank you. I want you to see this. We have a, um, we have a knack for collecting broke people in Boca Raton here at Revival Life Church. <laughs> I tell people I have a church in Boca, and they're like, wow, your parking lot must be. I'm like, no, not actually, no, no, not at all. There's a beautiful Presbyterian church down the road. That's where you will find them. My parking lot is filled with people who believe in God to break generational curses. That's what my parking lot is filled with. Them folks already arrived. We're still fighting. Amen. There's momentum here for that, and we're watching it happen. Amen. Listen, if you are stuck in cycles of poverty in your family, like, I, I am not trying to teach today. I want, to, I want to spark faith in your life for something new. I want, you to, I want you to leave this place today irritated that you are not walking in the promise. Look at this. Look at this. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The very thing first thing Jesus said about himself. Good news for people who are broke. I don't know about you, but I know what good news is to a broke person. That is not a complicated one to figure out for me. 
I can't pay rent. Well, I got good news. What is it? I saved 15% of my car insurance. No, no, no. That is not good news. That is not good news. That is not good news. Good, good news is I'm getting money to pay my bills. That is good news. Jesus, that's the first thing he said about himself. Listen, there's, a, there's like a caste system back in then, and you were born into a certain level, and that's where you stayed your whole life. It was stagnation, and Jesus is like, I have come to break stagnation in your life. Do you feel like you're in stagnation? Guess what Jesus knows, and the Spirit of the Lord is still upon him to set you free. The Spirit is still at work to set you free. I believe this. I believe it. I believe it. I'm living it. I want to live it more. How about you? The anointing is still at work to set you free. Shabbat. Shabbat. The question is, what do you want to be free from? What do you want to be free from? Got a prophetic word from uh, one of our leaders this morning. They said that Jesus will only enter the rooms you let him enter or you invite him into. He'll only enter the rooms you invite him into. Listen, faith doesn't deny facts. He asked the blind man, what is it you want? The blind man didn't say, oh, I'm not blind by the blood of Jesus. By my confession of faith, I'm good to go. By the word of faith, I'm good. No, no, no. He said, look, I'm blind. I am blind. He's like, well, what do you want? I want to see. Christians, we don't have any needs anymore, Lillian. Everything is beautiful. We have an altar call. Hey, who would like to get free from poverty? Two people come forward. But I got 15 calls that week about people needing jobs. Like, what? I mean, come on. What, like, do you have a need or do you not have a need? Like, I'm just going to vent a little bit. Just, I'm tired of first hearing, hearing about your sickness when you're going for surgery. I say that out of compassion. Like, we see miracles at the altar. Like, oh, by the way, I'm getting a bypass next week. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Jesus came for this purpose, John said in 1 John 3, 8, to destroy the works of the devil. That means there's some works of the devil that need to be destroyed by Jesus. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> so we, uh, we have an album that's come out. And uh, Corey's heart from the very beginning, and the whole team, our, this, the whole church, we want to get the anointing of God in people's lives. We pray over this thing that will be in cars, where there are no churches. The Spirit of God can go all over the room. And so we, um, we were recording this. Y'all almost ready? So we were recording the, the we, we decided we were going to record our whole album over two weeks. That was, that was dumb. That didn't, that didn't work on any level. But we tried. We'll have two perfect worship sets and get the whole thing recorded. You don't know what you don't know. Amen? It only took a year. Not yet, not yet, not yet. It only took a year. Stop it. We're not there yet. Just get her up ready. You good, Mike? Wow. Are you, are you, are you? I need you to lean in just a little bit with faith, please. Just lean in a little bit with faith here. I'm trying, Corey. I'm plowing. I'm trying to get folks free right now. They got it. Like, we just got to, just a little bit more. We just got to plow a little bit more. I'm trying to drag y'all into the promise. Come on, just help me out a little bit. Help me out a little bit. Mm. Wow. God has just got your number today. Sweet Jesus. Okay, I'm just going to talk right here for a second. Is that okay? Mm. So we tried to record this thing, and we wanted it to be super clean and one and done type of deal. 
right? Five songs per service, I think it was, two services, and we'll just be done. And we were halfway through, I think, the second week, and I was like, man, this thing ain't even anointed. What are we doing? We'd rather have a messed up album than an unanointed album, right? I don't want a pretty life. I want a free life. I don't want a pretty church. I want a free church. I want to live in the power of God. I want to see people get set free here. This ends today. This ends today. Oh, there it is right there. You feel that? All right, so we recorded this track. Actually, we, we recorded the album, and Corey put this track on it. Spoiler alert, it's me. Play the track if you would. Now's that time, right there. Go ahead. You really do reign. Turn up. You are on the throne. You are on the throne forever. This is in the middle of our album. You're on, whoa, you're on the throne and we can trust you. You're on the throne and we can trust you. I want you to begin to put trust in Christ right now. Let your peace rule in this place today, Lord. Let your peace rule in our hearts today, Jesus. Let your peace reign in this place, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Fresh touch. Fresh, Lord. Fresh, Lord. Fresh, Lord. Oh, we love you this morning, Jesus. Come on, just begin to sing out. Oh, we love you this morning, Jesus. We love you this morning, Jesus. We love you this morning, Jesus. This is Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. 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 Oh, we love you, Jesus. You're more important than anything we have on our agenda, Jesus. You're more important than anything that we have planned. We love your presence, Jesus. Come on. Oh, would you dwell among us this come morning, on. Jesus? Come oh, on. Holy Spirit, would you come and move in our presence today? Come would on. you come and move in our presence today? Come on. Lord Jesus, come on. Send your angels in here this morning. Pour out your spirit in a fresh way. Oh, that the love of the Father would be tangible in this place this morning. Come on. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on. We love you, Jesus. Come on. We love you, Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on. We love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We're not ashamed of the name Jesus. Worthy are you today. Worthy are you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Look at this. Luke 22. 22. 
turn that down, turn up my key. Luke 22, you remember the story of when Peter was in the, uh, turn up Mike a little bit here, when Peter was in the, uh, with Jesus in the Last Supper and uh, Jesus says to him, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. Remember this? And Jesus tells him, I've prayed for you. Watch this. I need you to see this. I need you to see this. He says, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Jesus knew that Peter was going to stumble. And then he says, once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. I need you to see this in your struggle right now. Maybe you're under condemnation because you stumbled. Maybe you haven't come into the promise and you think you're a failure. Maybe, maybe the enemy has come to sift you like wheat and you're embarrassed about it. Don't leave here with it. Jesus said, I saw it coming. I've been praying for you. I know that you're going to turn from it, and I'm going to use it for good. I want to tell you today, there's purpose in your pain. There's purpose in your pain. And God is going to set you free and use it for his glory. Stand with me if you would. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. I am going to pray. Then the angel of the Lord is going to come in the room, begin to set people free. Then we're going to sing. Then we're going to cast the devil out. Wait a minute, don't turn them up yet. We're going to break some stuff first. We're going to get filled at the end. Hallelujah. Come right here, sir. I need to, I hope, my goal is that some of us could recognize today that what's been happening is the enemy. And we not like it anymore. And we make him leave now. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, I got great news. When you get saved, the enemy moves out. He has no more authority in your life. So right now, if you're away from God, if you know you're stuck in a cycle of sin, I want you, like, turn up the music a little bit. I want you just right now to repent. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I receive you as my Savior. Actually, let's all say it right now in your own words. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sin. I confess that you are my Savior. Move in. Clean up my life. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Empower me to live a holy life that glorifies you. Come on, come on. Pray it with your, with, your, with your mouth right now. Now we're going to do a little house cleaning. We're going to cast the devil out of your life. What do you have need of today? Do you have a need today? Do you have a need today? Jesus is only going to enter a room that you invite him into. So right now, to begin to talk to Jesus. Lift your voice right now. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, listen, I'm going to war for you one, for one moment. And in that moment, you need to confess your sin to God and ask him for deliverance. Come on. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus. Set your captives free in the name of Jesus. Come on, confess right now. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Come on, turn them up a little bit. Lift your voice. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I declare the blood of Jesus over your people. Father, grant repentance right now. Grant repentance for doubt. Grant repentance for unbelief. Grant repentance for sins of, of the flesh, of lust and pornography and anger and bitterness and judgment and selfishness. Greed.
Come on, come on, come on, come on. A few more seconds. Wow. Wow. All right, turn them down. You ready to get free now? You ready to get free now? I don't know why this works, but it will. I'm going to tell you. This is going to work. I'm not sure why. We are going to command some things to leave. We are going to break them. And then we're going to clap, and you're going to watch it come off your life. I do not know why this works, but I know it does. Now we're doing it by the authority that's been given to us through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the Spirit of the Lord is upon me today to preach freedom to the captives. And I'm casting the devil out of your life now. You ready? Are you ready? Come on. No, no. Yeah, yeah. If you're excited, give it up. Come on. Oh, there it is right there. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I break it. I break the bondage of the wicked one in your life. In the name of... Here we go. Right there. In the name... Now, I'm going to declare things broken, and we're going to clap together. Are you ready? Just a quick testimony of what we're about to do. Um, I'm 32, and for over two decades, I accepted depression and anxiety in my life. And I was like, this is who I am. Like, it just is, you know. Physiologically, what's part of me and we did this in well in um asd whatever the discipleship course and i saw anxiety depression i saw the spirit separate from me i envisioned i saw it and it had to leave so whatever you need to be delivered of god can do it it is not you it's not who you are it's not part of your dna it's not you and it will leave if you want it to. Amen? Come on, are you ready? I mean, I want you to get excited about this. In, uh, in our pre-service meeting, someone had a vision of Jesus walk in and touch chains, the chains being broken. Like it didn't take him any work at all. He touches it and they're broken. We had a, uh, words of knowledge about anxiety. She's talked about depression being broken. Spirit of infirmity. I believe that poverty is rooted in a spirit of infirmity, and it's going to leave your life in the name of Jesus. Uh, spirit of rage, frustration. We saw um, spirit of pornography uh, being broken. Uh, self-pity and self-loathing being broken in the name of Jesus. Spirit of manipulation coming off your life in the name of Jesus. You ready? You guys ready? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break it, and then we're going to clap. I'm writing down some of these words of knowledge right here so I can pray them. Amen. Are you ready? Shakaba. You ready to clap? You ready to get free? I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, every spirit of anxiety broken. I know you can do it better than that. In the name of Jesus, I declare every spirit of depression broken. Ah! In the name of Jesus, every spirit of infirmity broken. Every bondage of rage broken. The power of poverty broken. demon of frustration. Your power is broken. Pornography, broken. Lust, broken. Infidelity, broken. New lying demon, broken. Every afflicting spirit, broken. Shake, come on, receive freedom right now. Receive freedom right now. I declare freedom in your life right now in the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You have any? Come on, one more. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare infertility is broken. Wow, shame broken. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Whatever. The spirit of manipulation is broken. I feel like there's people who are supposed to be married, and the enemy has kept you single. I declare that broken in the name of Jesus. Now lift your hands. Lift your hands and receive freedom right now. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Receive freedom right now. Receive freedom right now. We're going to start with hold on, be strong. You hear me, Lillian? Come on, lift your, lift, go on, lift your hands. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Freedom is here. Freedom is here. Freedom is here. Freedom is here. Now listen, we're going to go into song. I want the worship, I want the ministry team to come forward. Come on, no, keep lifting your voice. We're going to go into song, and when we start singing, if you need someone to lay hands on you and tell this thing to go, I want you to come forward and not be ashamed. Ministry team, come forward. Quickly, come forward. Ministry team, quickly come forward. Come on. You ready? Lift your hands, lift your voice. Receive freedom. Don't let your heart be troubled. Come forward, receive freedom right now.
salvation is in his blood. Jesus, light of heaven, grant forever his kingdom come. So don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up, I don't fear no evil fix your eyes on this one truth god is madly in love with you take courage hold on be strong remember where you're 